Hey everyone, and welcome to Rise and Shine, a show looking at life through the perspective of four Asian American teens living in the Pacific Northwest. I'm Sophie. I'm Ava. I'm Lauren. And I'm Grace. And today we will be talking about what it's like to be a woman in America. Obviously, we can't cover everything in one episode, so this is definitely a topic we will revisit and go more in depth with in the future. But today we're just going to speak what's on our minds. So since we all grew up in America, I think we had somewhat similar upbringings. So what was it like for you guys just growing up? I feel like my parents didn't treat me that differently as they would like treat me if I were a boy. But I do remember like growing up and playing with a lot of like, I guess like Disney princess themed toys and watching a lot of like princess movies and Um, I think from just a young age, I was really influenced by that. Um, I think a lot of girls probably could relate with the whole Disney thing. Yeah, Grace, I think what you're saying about, like, a bunch of little girls playing with um, Barbies and Disney toys and whatever is that the media is and was always doing it. It's getting better now, but gendering their advertisements towards little kids. Like, I remember in third grade, we were learning about petitions. And our teacher had us read this petition about getting girls into the Lego advertisements because at the time it was only boys. So then it was more gendered and more like, oh, boys should be playing with like building blocks and oh, girls should be playing with dolls to learn how to nurture the family, like that kind of vibe, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. I feel like for me, I guess we're all still pretty young. So while we were growing up, things were like, becoming more like modernized and um I guess like our parents and were like pretty progressive and stuff like that I feel like um for me I did play with Legos do you guys remember Lego friends oh yeah (laughs) I had way too many of those yeah Yeah. exactly my parents probably dropped like 200 on like Lego sets for me but um I don't know I remember my I guess guy friends or I guess family friends who were boys they had different legos than me like the classic like lego with the like the yellow circle head you know and then Mm -hmm. i had the lego friend sets that kind of looked like dolls if that makes sense like they were a lot more yeah they have a different build (laughs) yeah (laughs) they have like hair and accessories and stuff like that and i didn't really think much of it but Looking back at it now, I think, you know, it should all be for um, whatever gender. For me, I feel like it was pretty different. I actually never owned a Lego Friends set thing or whatever it's called. I just mainly had what my brother had, like, when he was growing up, when we were growing up. Like, I had many of, like, the stereotypical yellow head Lego people and, like, Playmobil, like, stuff. Yeah, so that was pretty different for me. Um, I think it was, like, pretty, well, it was similar and different, I guess. So, growing up, I grew up with, like, all of my family friends were boys, so I grew up around, like, four boys all the time. So, I was, like, they were really into, like, Star Wars and stuff, so they had a lot of, like, I don't know, Star Wars toys and stuff like that, but I had, like, Lego friends, and I guess I felt kind of lame. I don't know why I thought I was lame, but like, the Lego sets that they had, I thought were really cool and intricate, but I was like, oh, I mean, like, if I did one of those, like, people 
would like categorize me as a tomboy or something. And then if I had Lego friends, I'd be like a girly girl. And like, I don't think how, I don't think people should be categorized like that. Cause I feel like growing up, you always knew like tomboy and girly girl, but you don't have to be either, which was like, that was kind of confusing for me. Cause I was like, I like Star Wars, but like, what if I also want to do this? So I grew up kind of confused, I guess, like being around boys all the time. I started to notice like the difference in what's marketed towards us. I remember when I was like in elementary school, I had this friend group. It was like four girls, just like us. So it was me and three other girls. And it was so weird. We would divide ourselves up into like, I guess, like different categories. It was so cringy. And now looking back on it, Oh, it's so embarrassing. But basically, one of my friends, she was the tomboy. My other friend, she was the artist, the artsy girl, right? Who likes drawing and like colors and stuff. And then <laughs> my other friend, she was she was a baker. She likes baking. And then me, I was like the music girl. I liked music. And it's so cringy, but hold up, I is that us? Because Ava's Wait, the art girl. Yeah. <laughs> Who's oh the baker? Because it's, like, it's not me. I can be the baker. I'll be the <laughs> color girl. <But> anyways, <laughs> um. So basically, one day, my the art friend was like, "I don't like art anymore. I play soccer just like the tomboy girl." So why can't we both be tomboys? And I remember the tomboy girl was like, no, there can only be one of us. And I remember we were like fighting over that role and stuff when really like it wasn't like a designated thing. We could like sports and it's not exactly being a tomboy and we could like, I guess, makeup and art and stuff. And that's not a girly thing either. So I just feel like looking back on that, it just it just goes to show you how we grew up and how we were taught certain things. Yeah, I think my growing up, like you said, like we would categorize ourselves and I really wanted to be like the tomboy. I don't know Same. why. <laughs> I think maybe um too much live in Maddie. Oh my god. I love live in Maddie. I'll be live. I'll be live. Okay, perfect. But um in like elementary school I really wanted to be the tomboy so I would shop like exclusively in the boys section like it was this whole thing and I think because Miles my brother was getting older and like I don't know I wanted a little sister at first but now I had a little brother so maybe it was something like oh like it's kind of like having hand-me-downs or whatever I have no clue but I think I remember once in like third grade, I was close with a couple kids and I had a pretty like, I don't know, I wasn't the super close with anyone, but I had a couple people. And I remember once one of my friends, he was talking with his other friend and they were like, I don't even remember what they're saying. And they were, and he was like, oh, you can tell her she's a tomboy. And I remember hearing what? that. Like, this is my moment of validation. I am finally no. Maddie. <laughs> this is it, you guys. I was like, I can die now and be happy. That's I am so the tomboy. Funny. Like, And I don't even remember what he said after <laughs> that. I just remember him calling me a tomboy. And I was like, I am. I'm living. This is it, guys. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. And then I eventually grew out of that. And then I got into this weird, like phase of like obsessing over like harajuku fashion 
like if you don't know that there's this um district in japan called harajuku and there they have like all this like experimental like fashion stuff and they like wear really like coordinated outfits and like look like dolls so i like started like getting skirts so i wear like a top from the boys section of target with like a frilly skirt not the best fashion choices back then but yeah so i think the way we express our gender i think was really influenced by the media and all that so i think now that we are getting older and we're seeing more change and having finally girls in lego ads and whatever you know i think that'll make a difference i kind of had a moment like that too like sort of like a i'm a tall boy like i'm not like other girls like a not girls, <laughs> but i remember i decided pink was not it I was like, I'm not going to wear pink. That is so basic and girly girl. And I remember I bought everything in blue and purple. Like, that was my thing. If you look at all of my pictures, I wear two colors, three colors, actually. (laughs) Black, purple, and blue. Because I thought that made me, like, I guess, in between, like, a super tomboy and a super girly girl. It was sort of, like, a good neutral. But it's so funny that we associate genders with colors and colors with genders I I had a similar experience yeah like I remember this one time I was like you know what I'm done (laughs) I'm gonna be so tomboy and so I went around telling everyone I was allergic to hot (laughs) (laughs) that was the most embarrassing moment of my life I literally said I'm allergic to pink like no I don't like pink (laughs) which was embarrassing like I don't I mean pink isn't like my favorite color but like I was just trying to distance myself from, like, the quote-unquote girly girl vibe or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, guys, my favorite color is blue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought I was, like, edgy. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I just, like, assumed that if you wear pink, you're, like, super feminine. You're, like, a girly girl and whatever. So, yeah, I've grown out of that. Like, thank God. That was so embarrassing. But, yeah, you get the point. I know we're talking about, like, women and girls and stuff, but... I just kind of want to think about what it would be like to grow up as a guy. I feel like for girls, it was socially acceptable to wear, like, I guess, blue and, like, those kind of colors. But imagine, like, you're a boy growing up and you, like, want to wear pink, but people tell you you can't wear pink or you shouldn't. Like, it's so, so weird to associate colors with genders and whatnot that's like the gendered way of associating pretty with being feminine and being feminine with being bad like and i think it's just so deeply rooted and it's gross and i'm liking that we're finally seeing change like harry styles is wearing a dress on the cover of vogue and people are accepting it you know yes Mm -hmm. sir like it's about time (laughs) yeah it's about time i have this one friend and he is really beautiful (laughs) and I will admit that he's more beautiful than me and now he's like super comfortable with himself even though like he has really pretty eyes and eyelashes and he has a very like sort of feminine and like delicate nose I guess um and now he's able to like use that to express himself through modeling and photography and that kind of stuff so I feel like we're slowly heading towards um, a better world where there's no, like, labels and stuff. 
So transitioning from the more internalized form of sexism, I think it'd be good to talk about like some of our first experiences with, you know, like direct sexism where you were like, okay, that's sexist. And like you immediately knew it. So I guess I'll start with one of mine. So I can't remember the exact age um, I was when this happened, but I was very young and I would go to fencing camp every year with um, our family friends and my brother. And this one time this guy asked me why I was there. And I said, because I like fencing, what's like, what do you mean? And he said, and I quote, I remember this so exactly. I don't know, maybe because you're a girl. And I was like, what? Like, I was so shocked. And I was furious. And also, this guy, like, sucked at fencing, by the way. You tell him. You tell him, girl. Like, I went against him. And he went to, like, the super low level because he sucked. And I was like, okay, wait. It's not out of your butt. So... Every year, I was one of two girls, and there was never a year where there was, like, more than two girls, and we stuck together a lot because we always faced a lot of discrimination, just weird stuff, simply because we were girls, so I'll just do some explaining here, so, um, obviously, in fencing, you have to wear protective equipment, because, duh, (laughs) and since women's anatomy is different from guys' anatomy... Uh, Me and the other girl had to use different equipment, for example, different, like, breastplates, because, like, we're shaped differently, obviously. And there were so many creepy boys there, and they would always ask us if we needed help putting our stuff on, because, one, they assumed we were too incompetent to do it ourselves, and two, they wanted an excuse to touch us and touch our equipment, because they only viewed us as interesting objects, you know, that only exist for them to touch and control. It was just really weird. And we always declined because ultimately we felt uncomfortable. And even if we did need help, we always asked each other because we both knew there was like no way we were going to let some creepy boys touch us, which like, it's just so weird. And uh, yeah, me and her had to look out for each other a lot. And if there were more girls in that environment, uh, we would have been able to like relax and enjoy our time there more. But most of the time we were just like, on edge because we knew that we were different and that like these tiny boys would take advantage of us if they could and that sort of thing so you really got to be careful I think growing up as a girl because like I was lucky there was another girl there but what if there wasn't and I just like let them touch me because I thought that was normal you know Yeah, I really like how you mentioned how, like, you guys looked out for each other. I think that's really important. Um, My story is, I guess, a little bit different. It's more of, like, my parents protecting me. But, again, um, yeah, we we kind of grew up differently because there's this other factor that our parents or friends have to think about. And it's that, like, something bad could happen to us. And we need to be protected, we need to be concealed, and I don't know if I've shared this before, but I guess from, like, age whatever to, like, maybe 10 or 12, like, I wasn't really allowed to have sleepovers. Um, My parents, specifically my mom, um, she was, I guess, involved in an incident where her friend was kidnapped, abducted, and basically um, this entire thing happened and it really traumatized my mom. So growing up, I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers, specifically if 
uh, my friend's dad was in the house or if my friend had brothers. And I never really understood that until literally like a year ago. And it's crazy how those things affect us. And I always thought it was just because my parents were really strict. But now looking at it, I sort of understand why they did that. Um, For me, like, I'm not sure if I would send my nine-year-old daughter to somebody else's house for like an entire night um as a I I guess if I were a parent I would see how that's kind of um scary and that's just another thing that I experienced yeah I know what you mean Grace like I think now that I've gotten older I never really had a ton of sleepovers because like I, I don't know I didn't really like sleepovers but uh I couldn't see myself sending off my daughter to like someone's house especially with me not there just because of like I know things can happen I've heard so many awful stories uh where you know males have done things to younger women and like women have been taken advantage of and it's really heartbreaking that you know my daughter could have to miss out on like fun time with her friends but like if it's her safety like I think we have to take precautions which is like you know like something about being a girl yeah, I think as we're getting older, we're seeing the method to our parents' madness, you know, especially as women and young women, you know, we're seeing that, oh, these things were to protect us. And now we're seeing, oh, this could happen, that could happen. Like, we need to have pepper spray. We need to, like, hold our keys in a certain way so we can, like, walk safely, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going around, I guess, like, social media in general, And it's, like, I guess, like, tips and tricks as a woman. So there's this one girl, she talks about, like, um, safety when traveling alone, like, never telling anybody your name or, like, what hotel you're staying at. Oh, I've seen Um, videos. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's also something about, this is actually kind of scary, but um, I saw something about uh, being careful in parking lots because there could be people under your cars like ankle slashers who um, cut your ankles um, while they're under your car and then they'll like abduct you or something. And I don't know. It's, I don't really know how I feel about seeing that on social media. I think it's really important to spread awareness, but um, it's another thing to be worried about, uh, which really breaks my heart because as much as I want to just be carefree and, you know, not look under my car every time I get in. Um, It's really important to think about my safety and, you know, the women around me. Right. Like, I'm on the self-defense side of TikTok, which sounds really funny, but I, like, every single couple of scrolls, I'll see something and it'll be like, new tactic for human trafficking. They put honey on your car. And it's all these women. They're always like, okay, if you see a book on your car, if you see honey on your car, if you see a zip tie, get out of there because that could be a sign of human trafficking because people these days are just being like so innovative and like finding different ways to just abduct women and it's so scary and like it's such a mood wrecker obviously to go onto like a social media site and see all these things like you could be kidnapped so avoid this but it's like like Grace said it's really important and as much as I wish I could ignore those things I can't Because, like, we don't have that luxury. So I have to, like, I have to listen to all these other women who have had experiences. They're like, okay, 
you can get this bracelet. This bracelet makes a sound if you release it, blah, 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 all that stuff. And like, the scary part is that I, I like take note and I know I have to take note because someday when I'm like, I've moved away, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, walk alone sometimes and go out sometimes by myself, which is like really scary. So I need to make sure I'm prepared. And I think if we, if I wasn't a woman, I wouldn't have to take these precautions that kind of like, I don't know, they, like Grace said, I just kind of want to be carefree, but I know that I can't because of who I am. Yeah, there's, there's basic things that you do, like safety precautions anybody should take regardless of their gender. Like, I don't know, not revealing your name to strangers, like not talking to strangers. That's a universal thing. And that thing about like, um, if somebody offers you candy, don't follow them, that kind of thing. You know, anybody anybody and everybody knows about that but there's this other level to it that I feel like only girls will understand and it's the fear of what could happen to you a man could be following me down the street and I can genuinely think the worst of it he might just be he might not even notice me but I would still think the worst of it because that's just how I've you know grown-up thinking and that's just another thing that women have to worry about yeah you know remember that time I, I was facetiming you guys and I was like oh my god someone's following me but like I don't yeah. even know if they were, but the fact that I had to like think that and be like oh my god is someone really gonna like kidnap me or something or like mm-hmm. attack me that was just really scary and I don't it's just so sad that you have to like live your life being afraid of people like following you in your own neighborhood yeah. yeah, exactly. I remember we were FaceTiming to do episode planning one week, and Ava hops on, and because, like, usually she's, like, practicing harp or something, or, like, I don't know, doing her own thing, but um, she hops on, and she's, we see, like, this guy, and she, she was like, oh, hi, guys, like, um, I'm just going on real quick, and I was like, I'm just going to walk, and I was like, are you being followed right now? And she was like, yeah. And we just automatically snapped into, like, involving her in the conversation and having all of that. And I think that's just so normal for us to, like, know the protocol and whatever. And I think it's good for us to be well-versed in how to protect each other. But it's also a sad thing that we have to think about these things. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember even when I was really young, like, maybe, like, fifth grade or something, I was walking somewhere uh, in like downtown Mercer Island. And I remember I got, I got scared all of a sudden. I was like, is this guy following me? So to this day, I have a bunch of voice memos on my phone of me pretending to call someone. I don't know why I didn't actually call someone. I think it's because I thought I was overreacting. Cause like, I don't know. I wasn't like super aware of all this stuff that women have to go through, but I like knew enough to know that, okay, if I pretend to be on the phone, I'll be safer. So I have all these voice recordings of me just talking to myself (laughs) and like, I don't, I kept them because I think like that was an important moment in my life. Like for a second there, I thought I was going to get hurt because I was a girl, you know, and that's really scary that we have to think like that. Well, yeah, the voice memo thing is really smart for me. I don't know. I wish, I wish I was like, really good at fighting or something I've actually considered um taking kickboxing or just 
any kind of like self defense class. We should all go do that. Yeah, we my should. mom. Said we should my do that parents together. brought that. Yeah, my parents brought that up one time. They're like, "You should do self defense." Yeah, because you're a girl, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. great." Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. when we finally do our self defense training, we'll create an episode about it. We'll keep you updated. We should mm-hmm. honestly, and I think we'd be pretty good at it. But um, my dad is has a black belt in um, Korean martial arts, Taekwondo. Every Korean guy probably has one, but I've been trying to like learn a couple of things from him. Um, and I guess it's sort of like a fun hobby that can be really useful. I hope I don't have to use it, but if I have to, it'll be there and I'll know how to get myself out of a situation or at least fight my way out of it. You know what I mean? Um, And yeah, I've been trying to do those kind of things. So I'm like more prepared because I do plan on like taking trips and stuff and you never know. Mm -hmm. And kind of on that topic, what else do you guys do to like protect yourself as a woman? You know, I know we talked about like holding your keys a certain way, but is there anything like specific that you kind of just do automatically? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, like, I don't, well, I mean, because we're in COVID, I'm not going out that much, but I think I'm always pretty vigilant. Like, if there, if I'm walking by businesses and whatever, I'll look in the windows, like, as a reflection kind of deal to see if there's anyone behind me, just, like, staying vigilant, you know? Mm-hmm. I have, like, a couple things, and then there's, like, one big thing that I do that I didn't really realize, because it's kind of just programmed in my gra- brain, my brain, um, but... You know, there's, like, the the basics, like, never walk around with earphones in because, like, I need to be able to hear what's around me. Uh, never walk or run at night. You know, that's just, like, that's just not a good idea. And, like, nowadays, I just, I always text my friends as I'm, like, walking somewhere. Like, if I'm going to meet someone at the park, I'll be like, okay, I'm walking over right now, that sort of thing. And, you know, like, holding my skirt down in public. And this is kind of a big one. So I play volleyball. And uh, we wear spandex as part of our uniform and spandex are like really short and stuff. And so whenever I go out in public, I have to make sure I'm wearing sweatpants because like I don't want men and whatever looking at my butt because like that's just that's awkward. I don't want people to like take pictures because I know that, you know, there's a lot of stories of men just taking pictures of women's butts, which is so weird. So I always have to make sure I'm wearing sweats and like I think this is like a universal girl thing but I never go to the bathroom alone like I go to the the stall alone but like I always (laughs) bring someone (laughs) with me to the room and like I never knew why I did that but I think it's because like for example in a restaurant I don't want somebody to pull me on the way there you know yeah so I think yeah like on YouTube it'll be like I answering your questions as a girl or whatever and it's like why do you always go to the bathroom in packs that's why guys you got to stay safe and mm-hmm. also, Sophie, I don't know if you remember this, but we were at one of our friend's birthday parties a while ago, and we were going to the bathroom, and it was just me and Sophie, I think. And we walk back there, and we see a girl in the bathroom. She's crying. She's on the phone. And she was saying something about, like, the cops coming, like, the cop. I don't even know, but it was, like, something really serious. And so we finished up in the bathroom, we ran out, and we talked to Sophie's mom. We were like, yeah, we think there's a girl in there who might be in trouble. So, like, we're just going to, like, keep our eye open. So I think 
If you're not going to the bathroom in a pack, look out for the people who aren't. Yeah. That's why, you know, we always do that. And I think we get a lot of, like, we get made fun of it for it. I don't know why. Like, guys will be like, why do you guys always go to the bathroom together? Now you know. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Something I've noticed, I've that I'm, I'm not sure if this is, like, COVID-induced, but every time I see someone, I'll, like, cross the road if I'm, like, in some obscure alley or something. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I mainly do it when it's, like, men- but, like, I don't know. It's just super uncomfortable being alone with, like, people. Yeah. yeah. For me, I mean, I obviously do all of those things because I'm a girl. But I guess I do, like, try to keep things on me, whether it's, like, um, I have a couple pens in my bag or I wear a lot of jewelry. So those can be used as weapons, um, keys, that kind of stuff. Another thing that I do that I actually learned from one of my friends is that you – have to like you have to act like a crazy person which you know don't take this the wrong way but I my friend told me that one time this guy approached her and the only thing she could do was scare him off so she started yelling and screaming and blabbing like a crazy person and it literally worked it literally scared him off and I think I thought it was really funny at first, but it sort of makes sense to, like, um, act crazy to try to scare that man off. Because um, even though we talked about, like, self-defense and, like, kickboxing and, kickboxing and whatnot, um, it's probably not very likely we'll be able to um, win somebody in a fight, especially if it's, like, against a man. That's, like, yeah. six foot, and we're, like, five two. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I also read that um, there was a study done, and, the like, most abductors and whatever, once they saw the victim's face or, like, their future victim's face, they wouldn't want to abduct them anymore. So, like, it was important to, like, look them in the eye and be assertive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard about that. And another thing is, like, if you start – flailing your arms and like you start kicking them and screaming um they'll probably not take you because it makes it harder for them i know it's literally disgusting but that's like another thing you want to make it mm-hmm. um, hard for them yourself. to take you somewhere if that makes sense yeah i heard that like once you get to the second location like you're probably, you're less likely to, you know, be able to escape that situation, which is so sad, but I've seen things like, make sure you get out of there before the second location, and that's, like, so scary (laughs) to think about. Yeah, I think those things are, like, things we're commonly taught, but I notice I do this thing that's just in my head. I don't know how it got there, but, like, when I'm walking with a group of friends, this was before COVID, by the way, but walking with a group of friends in public, I always stay at the back of the group. And I think I do that. I just like to watch over everyone and like make sure everyone's safe so that I can protect everyone. Oh, and because <laughs> like, I don't want anyone to fall behind because that means they could easily be taken, right? Like if you're the one loner at the back of the group, it's easy to just swipe you. So, like, if someone's tying their shoe, I always wait for them. So that's just, like, something that's in my head. Like, I have to wait for them because, like, something could happen if they get left behind, especially in, like, less familiar areas and, like, 
in case someone tries to like come at us from the back, it will be me. <laughs> yep. Oh. <laughs> and I can protect everyone. But since I'm a small 14 year old, I won't be able to take on like a full grown man, obviously. <laughs> but like I can try, you know, and like rather me than the others, you know, so then I can hold him. <laughs> I've thought about this so many times. It'll be me. I can hold him off and distract him. <laughs> somewhere. Um. Yeah. We're laughing about this, but like the fact that we've thought about this so many times is like really uh, sad. Like we're teenagers. We're supposed to be living our lives and whatever. But you can't do that when you're living in constant fear of being abducted and being taken away and being taken advantage of. Yeah, like, I'm laughing about it, but, like, in the moment, I'm genuinely really serious. Like, everyone else could be talking, and I'll just be, like, staring at everyone from the back of the room, <laughs> which is so awkward. But, yeah, I just, I want to make sure it's me instead of the rest of them, because I've thought about this a lot. You know, there's a couple areas that you should go for in that situation. And, like I said, like, I'm, like, five foot two, <laughs> So I don't really stand much of a chance, but like I said, like draw attention to yourself and then it, it's like a group effort. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But yeah, when we're walking in pub public, this is just something I feel like I have to do in those moments. Like I prioritize safety above all else. Like I don't care if I'm being, you know, left out or like missing out on a conversation because I just, I take it upon myself to protect everyone because I know what men can do, you know, like, I know that there's a lot of stories of such terrible things happen, and, like, I'm not gonna risk that, like, I'm, you know, if it means I miss out on some fun, I'm, like, it's whatever, you know, like, that's just something I feel like I have to do, and I wish we didn't, but that's just, I guess that's part of being, like, a young woman. So, we all know that these men are, like, or some men just, like, do crazy things and stuff, and I think, part of that just has to do with the influence of people in power so like men in power who are like actively condoning actions like these and i think we can name a few um do you guys want to discuss that yeah i think well we originally brought up this topic as like politicians and whatever but it's every single man in power and i'm not saying like there are no good men or whatever but the number that there are is overwhelming mm -hmm. yeah. like there have been so many women recently coming forward with like their experience with male politicians male people in power and it's like it's like kind of like pick your poison like i feel like every single politician in this government there's like there's always been some sort of like moment where you question their morals, right? Like they've done something misogynistic and some more than others, but it's like, it's a common theme, you know? Yeah. I think another thing is the, I guess, president is an example, but politicians or people in power, they're supposed to represent the people, which is America, which is, males females anyone in between or people who don't identify to a gender just poc like everybody right but these people in power are showing that like it's you don't have to respect them 
which is like a huge thing. It, people in power have so much influence and it's so scary to think that um, they can easily just say something and people can start thinking that way and they can start thinking that it's right. Yeah, and like seeing that these people in power are getting away with these actions, it's it's like other people could see that and be like, okay, like that person who's like known worldwide hasn't, you know, hasn't faced consequences and I'm just like a small person so I can just do whatever I want. And that mentality is like so messed up and it's so dangerous like everyone in society. So that just shows like we need to keep the people in power in check, you know? The way that these people and these men in power are actually being elected is just super crazy to me because knowing, I feel like most of these facts have been known while they were in the running and people still elect them is just insane. Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a part of it is that it's not a matter of like, oh, they've done this, they've done that, because everyone's done it, and everyone in the media, well, not everyone, you know what I'm saying, like, it's not all men are bad, whatever, but it's an overwhelming number, and uh, so many men in the media have assaulted women and harassed women, and the media so easily forgets about it, because, oh, they have a new movie coming out, who cares about these women, oh, they have a new album dropping, who cares about these people, you know, So I think that's something that we need to start changing and start, like, remembering these people, remembering these names. So as you can tell, we're really rooting for that change. And honestly, it doesn't look too good so far. So just to, like, take a break from the world, like, go into our imaginary world where, say, for a day, men didn't exist. What would you guys do? For me, I don't think there would, if men disappeared, there would be that big of a change. I feel like I'd probably just go on with my life because I feel like I live in a very privileged bubble on Mercer Island here and I feel like most of the authoritative figures in my life such as like my parents teachers have all been pretty fair but I know that's not the same for you guys so what would change for you guys for me I don't think much would change either I would probably go for like a run at night because I love nighttime and I really like um summer nights especially my dream is to just like um peacefully take a walk uh during the evening and not be scared um i would probably wear what i want to without being scared um but again like i would do things within reason i don't think much would change um but it really depends to like again it's not all men and it's just the really bad men like the very few rotten eggs within the billions and billions of men so I'm not sure if like much would change but I would definitely feel a lot more comfortable uh a lot more safe similar to you Grace I think I'd also have my little nighttime walk I'd probably go and see the city view and watch the sunset or something and just walk around downtown you know and wear a fancy outfit or something I don't know but I think we're often very restricted and we don't realize how restricted we are until we hear men's experiences and how free they can be yeah like similar to what you guys were saying I know my cousin shout out to you he went on like a 4am walk to downtown Mercer Island and I was like wait you can do that like 
you're not scared? And he was like, no. And I was like, that was such a shock to me. And I, I was just so mind blowing. Right. Like I hear of like people going on like late night jogs and stuff. Like I remember this one time my brother, it was like dark outside, uh, like maybe nine or something. And my brother was like, I'm going to go on a run. And I said, you're going on a run <laughs> right now. It's so dark. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, psh, I couldn't do that. I would get kidnapped. But that's the truth. Like, that's the genuine truth. I, So many bad things could happen to me. And I'm, like, really envious because I wish, like, I wish I could just, like, get up really early and, like, walk and watch the sunset and, like, play right. music really loudly. It just sounds so relaxing. And I'm so sad that I don't get to experience that. So hopefully there's change in the future and, like, like you guys said, like wear the clothes that I want to wear, like skirts, shorts, tank tops, or like run with just a sports bra. Cause like, you know, sometimes it gets hot, but I don't, don't want creepy men looking at me. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, the options are endless. And I can say for me, ultimately, I would feel safer if men didn't exist. And when women say things like, we are scared of men, or we are safer without men, we obviously know that not all men are going to endanger us or make us feel like this. That would be absurd. Of course, we know that it's not all men. And when I said that to my male family members, they laughed at me because I guess I sounded stupid for not explicitly stating that I'm afraid of men while also knowing that it is not all men. But let me make one thing clear. It's enough. It is enough men for us to be put on edge everywhere we go, to look over our shoulders, and just to be afraid, simply put. When someone is using the phrase, not all men, as a rebuttal, when women are sharing their experiences and concerns, they're actively silencing our pain, fear, and oppression. It is absolutely disgusting. There are men out there who are going to hear about our awful experiences with men and know that they are not one of those men. And that's great. That means that we are not talking about you. You can just listen. You don't need to feel the urge to selfishly deny our oppression, to ignore problems, that you are too scared to even acknowledge or even perhaps to ignore feelings of guilt. Whether you like it or not, there are men in this world who are extreme threats to women. So many that we have to share our stories and voice our thoughts in order to elicit some sort of change. And honestly, even that isn't enough. No matter how loud we scream, we are always silenced by men who do not want to acknowledge that women are oppressed and that their selfish, ignorant actions are adding to that oppression. That is why we are so vocal about these issues. They cannot silence all of us. What we need is not for you to prove yourself innocent in this growing problem of women oppression. We need you to listen and amplify our voices. We know that it is not all men, but it is enough. We need help, and men who are actively silencing us are part of the problem. If you are offended by women speaking out against the violence we face, chances are you are who we are talking about. You need to be the change. So stop this not all men nonsense. We know. It is true that not all men are bad, but not all men are good either. It's about time you learn the difference. Sophie, that was, I, I, that was gorgeous. And going off of what you said, you know, people are going to hear this and be like, oh, they're exaggerating. Like, oh, they're being so annoying. Like those girls, they don't know what they're talking about. We know what we're talking about. We're living it, man. We are living in fear. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, poor us. 
is universal. It's for every single woman. It's POC. It's people of color. It's LGBTQ people. It's anyone who could be oppressed. We're living in fear of people taking advantage of us and making us feel like we are not worth anything. And people are going to hear this and be like, oh, they're over-exaggerating. We're not. We're living this. This is real. We've had our experiences and we've seen these bad bunch of men. We've experienced these things that people talk about, you know, and I think if you want to deny our experiences, then you can go and deny our experiences. But we know that what we're having is real and I hope that others will know that what we're having is real. With that, everyone, that wraps up our episode on what it's like being a woman in America. And like we said earlier, there's honestly so much more to discuss on this topic. So in the future, we will probably revisit this and talk about it even more and, you know, elaborate on our experiences as we have gotten older. And And after our self-defense classes. Of course. Make sure to check us out on our Instagram at Rice and Shine Podcast, as well as our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, all at Rice and Shine. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.